keeps everybody grounded good around here. So, uh, truly, Pastor Brent and Curtis, thank you. You guys, they, they put in a lot of work for what we see every day that is nice and polished, and that's what's really going on behind the scenes. So, but truly, thank you guys. And um, this morning, uh, our campus pastors uh, have all chosen one short verse to talk through. So, it is, it's nine words long. It's not up there yet. That's okay. It's nine words long. So last I checked math, nine divided by three is three apiece. A minute or two, what, ten minutes? We're wrapping up. Okay. No, but seriously, they are, they are nine rich words from God's word uh, this morning that we're going to look at, and they will be very familiar to most of us. A lot of us probably will have this first memorized and, in fact, you know, whenever we have that familiarity with God's Word, it's times like that, you almost have to pause and ask the Holy Spirit to just hit me with some refreshment on the depth of what I need to be hearing in this. And, and this is one of those verses this morning. So if you would, as our tradition is at our campuses, would you stand in honor of God's Word as we read this verse together? Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now that we have hit it, had it hit our brains, let's do it one more time. And this time, hit it with some freshness. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Very good. You can have your seats. And please join your hearts with me as we open in prayer. Heavenly Father, these are profoundly rich and weighty words about Yourself, about Your Son Jesus Christ, and about the Holy Spirit. We're reminded that You are eternal. You have no beginning, and You will have no ending. And Lord, I pray that as we open Your Word right now, and that we're coming with expectant hearts, when we come to your word, Lord. I know that it's easy for me to get distracted and if I'm not intentional about asking you and expecting to hear from you when we open your word, it's, just, it's easy to miss the moment you have in store for us. So Heavenly Father, I'm asking right now that your Holy Spirit helps us hear what you have to say to us this morning from Pastor Jeff and Pastor Jason and Pastor John as they share your hearts and what you've been talking to them through your word this week about. Amen. Well, Pastor Jeff, being that you are the senior in more than one way up here That's true. on this platform and have the most mileage <laughs> time on this planet with the Lord, uh -huh. it's probably fitting that you lead us out Yes. Uh, with what Jesus has been doing through the past. I'm the yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. Jesus uh, is unchanging. That's really what that means. It's, it's a theological word, is what he's describing. Immutable which means Jesus never changes. He's, he's unchanging. 
in nature. And I'd like to take uh, the rest of my time to recount to you five stories that I believe uh, highlight the fact that Jesus never changes. He's immutable. He's uh, the same yesterday, today, forever. Story number one. November 1990, Gary Callio, uh, some of you long-termers remember Gary, uh, he's still around some, song leader, board member from Walloon, shows up in a Sunday school class that I'm teaching in Rockford, Michigan. After class, Gary comes up to me and says, our beloved pastor just died. The church I'm attending, we need a new pastor. Do you have any recommendations? And I say, well, if I was in your situation, I would call Andy Hoosman. He was the BGC director at that time. And I looked up and gave Gary the phone number and never thought about that again. That's November. February 1991, Denise and I decide after... Lots of thought and prayer. We think it's time to move on. We think uh, our time at that church is finished. Um, form a resume. And uh, one of the places we sent our resume was to Andy Hoosman, the BGC area director. Two days after that resume arrives, this is February, Gary Callio finally gets around to calling Andy Hoosman. And uh, talks with Andy, and and Andy says, well, you're not going to believe this, but uh, just two days ago, Jeff's resume arrived. And uh, Gary says, well, I I think that's interesting. Would you please send that resume to me? When the resume arrives, Gary Callio, uh, instead of saying anything, takes that resume and puts it in Pastor Bob's box. Pastor Bob at that time was the search committee chairman, and he says nothing to Bob. So now Bob's got a resume in his box, has no clue where it came from, but who is this Jeff Ellis? Two weeks later, to fill the pulpit, because they have no pastor at that time, uh, Bob, Bob and Kevin said they were filling in and preaching when they couldn't get somebody, but The next fill-in was Pastor Lee Buer. He was leading RBM Ministries, was a pastor friend of mine. Uh, He's one of the references on my resume. Um, So Bob goes up to Lee, Pastor Lee Buer, and says, uh, I I don't know this guy, but he wound up in my box, um, and you're one of the references. What can you tell me? about this Jeff Ellis. A few weeks later, uh, filling the pulpit once again, is my brother-in-law, Kirby Hughesby, who also is one of the references on my resume. So once again, Bob says, you're not going to believe this, but uh, now you're the second person who's shown up, and you're a reference for this Jeff Ellis Uh, I don't know this, how it got in my box, but tell me about this Jeff Ellis. Which prompted Bob to think, maybe I need to call this Jeff Ellis and at least talk. 
So we call, he called, we talked, and the rest is history. Okay? Here's my point. That story has helped me, has helped Denise a lot down for the last 32 years. When, when trouble and difficulty and pain and, and you're thinking, I, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure if I should even be here. Maybe, maybe this was all a mistake to start with. It really helps a lot to go back to that story and say, no, Jesus called us here. That's not something I could have arranged if I tried. Here's what I know. Jesus is faithful. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. Story number two. Uh, that conversation worked out. We came up. Uh, can't remember, 90 yeses, approximately two no's. And every church we've been to, there's always been two no's. <laughs> And I'm convinced those people are following us. Those, those no's. Okay. Um, first Sunday, I remember 134 people. That old church was packed. Second Sunday, 95. <laughs> so quite a few said, eh, not so much. Uh, uh, slowly started getting some momentum uh, up to 130, 140, 150-ish. Um, and now the Melrose School, the school part, gymnasium, classrooms, children's wing becomes available. We start negotiating with the Petoskey Schools, bought the old Melrose School, $125,000 for the building and 10 acres. Um, I recall when the insurance guy came, He's going around, he's making figures, and here's what I recall. He, he said, you need $1.25 million worth of insurance to cover this building. And I remember thinking, 10 cents on the dollar is what uh, the Lord arranged. So we move in, fall 1993, we're walking around that school. Remember Bob, Kevin, some of you who are here we are never going to fill this place. There's room everywhere rattling around. It'll take 50 years for us to fill uh, this place. Thank you, Lord. Five years later, back-to-back-to-back services. Crowds, the Lord is working. So then we say, well, maybe we need to plan for an addition. Um, and I recall saying, Lord, please, 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 Keep it under one million. You remember me telling you about, no, don't go over one million because that number scares me. Uh, anyway, the architect draws uh, 2.3 million. Anyway, we moved in after Easter Sunday, 2001. We still owed about $400,000, took out loans from members and close friends. Got a call five years later. I don't tell this story on myself too often, but uh, somebody I didn't know wanted to meet with me, and it was uh, one of the secretaries wrote it down, and I looked, and it was a faraway zip code. I knew it was out of state, and I'm thinking somebody wants to sell me siding or a warranty to extend on my car. I'm not interested. 
I wadded that paper up and threw it uh, in the garbage. Um, it sat in the garbage overnight. And overnight, the Lord said, how do you know that person isn't hurting or maybe that person needs Jesus and needs to come into... And, and I came back the next day and dug it out of the garbage uh, and I called and he said, uh, my wife and I would like to come and talk with you. And I said, that'd be great. He said, we've been coming to Walloon the last couple years uh, we like what we're seeing. We believe Jesus is alive and working here. Uh, we'd like to pay off the rest of the debt on the church. A uh, few weeks later, Bob worked it all out. Loans are paid back. Here, here's what I'm here to tell you. Jesus is faithful. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever even on clowns who throw phone numbers away. He uses that even. Story number three. Somewhere around 2007, things are busting and growing, and we weren't, at least I wasn't doing a great job keeping up. Um, but I started getting an urge, and I was blaming it on a bad pizza perhaps, I don't know, but I, I couldn't get out of my head uh, East Jordan needs to be reached. And I don't know where that was coming from because I wasn't all that familiar with East Jordan. I had only been over there a handful of times. Anyway, I started talking to Denise and Pastor Bob, and then we talked to the board, and our conclusion was, who knows? Let's investigate. Um, so my first call was, I knew a pastor over there. His name was... Pastor Jim Jordan from the uh, Lighthouse Missionary Church. And here's what I thought. I'll go, I'll share. He'll say, we're doing fine over here. We don't need you. Uh, it was a bad pizza. So I explain what we're thinking. What do you think? And his first words to me are this. I think Jesus is talking to you. I think you need to listen. He said, I've tried here to do exactly what you're talking about. I, I've tried to make and get our church geared at reaching unchurched here in East Jordan. And his words were, they're not ready for that. I'm not sure they're ever going to be ready for that. Please come. Please come. We'll do everything we can here at Lighthouse to partner with you. So leadership and staff are excited. We take it to the members. The members are excited. But now we got this little problem. Uh, we got a vision, a goal, but who's going to lead? Who, who's going who's gonna to be the campus pastor? We're praying, we're nudging, we're asking. We need somebody to go and lead the charge over at East Jordan, and it really needs to be one of us, somebody who has uh, the DNA of Walloon. So we're looking, we're nudging, we're praying. <laughs> What happened? That's about what happened. I, uh, <laughs> I, I was uh, doing exactly what I wanted to do and was called to be a youth pastor and, and stuck to that story for a long time. Uh, you asked me again and again and again, are you sure that the Lord's not in this? And uh, finally I went home and told my wife that uh, you kept bugging me about it. He keeps asking me and I don't know why. She said, well, have you prayed enough to know that God's not calling you to this? Because if you go and tell him that, he'll stop bugging you. <laughs> I started praying 
talked a little further, and it wasn't very long at all before God confirmed that he did have a new calling for me. Wow. That was uh, 11 plus years ago. We launched with Pastor Jason and Kelly and about 75 of us. And uh, look what Jesus has done. Wow. Wow. Good fruit happening at East Jordan Community Church. Jason will fill you in on some of those details shortly. But here's what I know. Jesus is faithful. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. Fourth story. Uh, Ten years later, fast forward, uh, Pastor Pete Kroll from Northridge Community Church calls our board chairman, Kevin Cleavorn. Pete knew Kevin from coaching basketball. And he has a question for Kevin. Hey, Kevin, would uh, Walloon Lake Community Church ever consider adopting Northridge Community Church? Pastor Pete felt the Lord was leading his family to move on, and he didn't want the church to fold after he left. January 2019, in this meeting, we voted to adopt Northridge Community Church. The next year, after some discussion, making sure we weren't going to cause great harm, we changed the name to Alanson Community Church. Pastor Joe Bono, the first campus pastor at Alanson Community Church. Last year, Papa Joe transitioned to our shepherding pastor, And his associate, Pastor John Jones, just completed his first year as campus pastor. Good fruit happening at Lanson Community Church. Here's what I know. Jesus is faithful. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. This story is what I'm experiencing these last couple years. Um, Four eye surgeries in 2021, um, triple bypass in September. Uh, Here's the verses that I am identifying with pretty strongly. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 to 10. I'm pressed on every side by troubles, but I'm not crushed. I'm perplexed, but not driven to despair. I feel hunted down, but never abandoned by God. I get knocked down, but not destroyed. Through suffering, though suffering, uh, my body continues to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in my body. Jesus is still writing this story. Okay, So glad to be back with you getting stronger. Thank you, church family, for all your prayers. Thank you for all of your support and expressions of love. Here's what I know for sure. Jesus is faithful. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Pastor Chad. Thank you. Yeah. It is, it is healthy to travel down memory lane and remembering what the Lord has done. 
Uh, and I think it's, it's also a testimony to the power of testimony that each one of us needs to be willing and recalling and sharing what God has done in our life with other people is what encourages us and calls us on. So traveling through the past now brings us up to present today in the verse. So Pastor Jason, I think you're going to speak into this part of the verse. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he's worked powerfully in the past, then we should expect that he's working powerfully in the present as well. And as I consider how Jesus is working now, this year, today, in the community church at Walloon and Alanson in East Jordan, I have to start with the previous verse, right before those nine words. Hebrews 13, 7 says, Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. And looking at this stage here and looking around our church throughout all the various ministries and all three campuses and the leadership that's provided in those ministries, I can't help but recognize that God is doing amazing work through a bunch of imperfect people accomplishing what only he could do through the team of leaders that he's assembled throughout our church. Leaders who are far from perfect but they put Jesus first, and they serve, and therefore lead well in his church. And in particular, Jeff, as you told your stories from the past, I, I got to say that I can't help remember, but how many times you have taught me God's word. Uh, how many times my life has had good things come to it because of your life and the way you've lived it. And the way that your example of faith has been a testimony and an encouragement to me. And that's not just in the past, although there's lots of those stories, but it's in the present as well, maybe even especially in the present during this season where you're going through trials and hardships and difficulties and still practicing what you preach. And the closer you get to you, you see that you're living it out and walking out that example of faith. So thank you for all that you do for me and for the rest of us. Appreciate Love you. you. Throughout this church, leaders, followers, servants, we're following Jesus together. And so many of you have powerful stories of how God is working in you right here, right now. I want to encourage you to share those stories so that God gets the glory as we see how he's working in each and every one of us that allow him to do so. And so, because there's so many stories, and some of you, I could tell a little bit of your story because I know it personally, I hesitate to pick this one story that I'm going to share, but I'm going to anyway, even though it has mostly to do with buildings and budgets and things and stuff that money can buy, because not only is it impacting people and allowing God to change lives, but it also may be one of the clearest, maybe even most obvious ways that God has been working, at least from my vantage point, in the East Jordan campus lately. He's doing lots of things throughout Walloon and Alanson and, and East Jordan, but here's one that we know God is working even when we don't see him working, but you can't help but see what God has been doing and working in East Jordan in this situation. Let's backtrack a couple of verses in Hebrews 13 again and go to verse 5. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. And I've tried to live that out, both personally and as a pastor in East Jordan. And some of you 
Some of you remember well just how scrappy we had to be in EJ when we got started out there. And that we were blessed, and God was good, and we were grateful for it. But we did without lots and lots of things that we wished we could have had at times for a long time. Things like parking and carpeting and lighting and staging and staffing. And we worked hard to be content with whatever we had and use it well for God's glory. In fact, for years, one of my favorite comments that I'd hear at a church board meeting or a staff meeting here at Walloon was, we're going to replace some equipment because that meant that East Jordan might get some hand-me-downs that we could put to use (laughs) to replace something that we didn't even have. Cool stuff happened during those days. And we tried to be content, but space has always been a particular issue in EJ. Within two years, we had packed out the auditorium on Sunday mornings, and our children's ministry had taken over the rest of the entire building. And so our teen ministry and our adult life groups had to go somewhere else, off-site somewhere where they could meet. And so our teenagers had six different locations where they met over the first six years that we were in existence as East Jordan Community Church. And so we became really excited a few years ago when we got to share the city-owned civic center with the depot and also with the rest of the community and every other organization and sports team in East Jordan that also shared the space. But it worked out really well for us until COVID, when the building was shut down. And it never reopened because of structural concerns in that building. And so our teens, for the first time, became homeless as a ministry. That lasted for two years. And I knew that God had promised to provide because Hebrews, 5, or Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, don't love money, be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. We searched every opportunity during those years. We looked at vacant buildings. We looked at vacant lots. We even looked into buying that civic center and trying to fix up the building that the engineers had already condemned. And none of those options worked out. And we were out of options. That's where we were at this time last year during our annual meeting. And I even reported on it. And so by the time February 2022 rolled around, Uh, We couldn't even come up with ideas anymore. I reported to the church board that month that I was pretty discouraged because we had a need, a genuine need, to take care of our teens and reach the community of students, and yet I had no idea where the answer would come from as the leader. And so I said to the board, the only thing that I know to do is to pray. So let's double down on that. And that's what we did that night for a while. That was a Thursday night. Monday morning, the very next Monday, I'm meeting with a new couple in our church. They were getting married, and they were asking if I might do their premarital counseling and the wedding. And I didn't know them very well, so we were getting to know each other at the coffee shop. And I asked a question, what do you do for a living? And he said, well, I develop commercial real estate in East Jordan. And I immediately said, you know what? We have a need. And I explained the situation, the predicament our, our youth ministry was in. And I said, if you see anything that might be a possibility for us, would you let us know? Because we're praying about this. He immediately responded with, well, we just bought the bowling alley on Main Street. You can have that if you want. (laughs) Yeah. Three hours later, he made us a formal offer that was very, very affordable terms for our church. And we now have an entire bowling alley 
a cafe, an outdoor recreation area, an indoor game room as our home for our youth ministry in East Jordan. What an obvious, unmistakable sign of what God is doing right now. I can't help but notice that it took me almost two years to run completely out of ideas, and it took God three days to answer (laughs) our desperate prayer. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Be satisfied with what you have. For God said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. The Lord is rarely early, but he's never late. And now we get to share that amazing space in downtown East Jordan with the depot, that uh, parachurch ministry in town, and they're using it for God's glory and to build his kingdom faithfully as well. And in fact, we just had to find out what the fire marshal says is the safe capacity for the building, because we keep bumping into it lately already. And after that amazing provision that God did just this year, he wasn't even done yet. We were able to purchase the house next door to East Jordan Community Church and renovate that to provide for our adult life group space that we've been needing for so long. And it solves our parking needs for the uh, immediate term, and it provides options for building possibilities for God to be able to provide for our future needs that we don't even know what they are yet. And that was an option that we had pursued for years, but it was never available to us until now when God decided to work in those particular ways. He's rarely early, but he's never late. Now, on the one hand, that's all stuff, things that money can buy, buildings and budgets and whatnot. And on the other hand, these are powerful tools in God's hands to be able to impact not only our students and help them to grow in their faith, but to reach out to a community where the biggest opportunity is among the teens. And just this year, 12 people have been baptized in East Jordan Community Church. And nine new members have come to join us formally in our church family. And get this, nearly 200 teens have experienced the love of Jesus Christ walking through that building right there in downtown East Jordan uh, that we didn't even think of as a possibility just a year ago. I can't wait to see what God is going to do next because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever. Mm. How's God working in the present? Among other things, he's providing exceedingly abundantly anything that we could ask or imagine. He's bringing good from the lives of so many people, his leaders and his followers throughout this church. He's building his church and bringing people into his kingdom. And we get to give him the glory as we keep sharing those stories. Praise God for all he's doing right now. Thank you, Jason. Oh, it is. We have a, a God who is alive and active. You think of a healthy relationship. A healthy relationship is current, active, and moving right now. And we have a Savior that does that in our lives and responds to us in amazing ways. So, you know, they say something each human needs in life. One of the things that a human being needs is something to hope for. It is a need we have. We need to be hopeful that there is something good that is coming. You know, we have a Savior, as we see in this verse, that 
does not change even to the future. In fact, he's in the future already. I don't understand that, but I believe that. He is currently there, and he is here now. And John is going to speak to how, how we see Jesus working into the future. in our yesterdays. We should meditate long and hard on who He is and, and take time to experience his, his loving presence. But all of this is a means to an end. It's all leading somewhere towards something that I don't want us to lose sight of. I'm sure you've got some idea of what's coming next, right? I mean, uh, uh, if Pastor Jeff got to play Ghost of Christmas Past and Pastor Jason, Ghost of Christmas Present... I, I bet you know exactly what I, my role is this morning, right? Um, Scrooge. <laughs> Couldn't resist. That's right. uh, it can be that someday, but today I'm actually going to talk... Today I'm talking about the future. Uh, the forever part of this verse. And that can be exciting... And it can be fun, but for so many of us, thinking and talking about the future can also be a hard thing. It can be something that's difficult for us. We might struggle with having hope for the future because there's something in our past, our yesterday, that has trapped us 
Uh, we're stuck looking back. Maybe you're thinking the failures and, or consequences from your, your past has, has already ruined your shot at a future. You say, you'd say, Pastor John, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know the addiction that I've struggled with or the people I've hurt or flip it, the people who've hurt me. Or maybe our present, our today, is so crammed full and, and stressful and overwhelming that uh, we can't see past the circumstances that are right in front of us. Uh, you're thinking, look, Pastor John, the future's just going to have to wait, right? I'm going to have to put that on hold. I ain't got time to think about forever. I'm just trying to overcome my depression long enough to get out of bed this morning. I'm just trying to survive one more day in a job that's literally crushing my soul. Or I've got enough work trying to fix a marriage that feels dead and destined for failure. Or I'm just trying to find time to schedule all the, the labs and the appointments and the follow-ups and the surgeries and the rehab. And if that's you, I want you to know that you're not alone in that feeling. But what if I told you that it's in the future that we can find freedom from our past? Uh, what if I told you that it's in the forever that we find our motivation to endure through our present circumstances? Uh, stick with me just a little longer. Uh, I want us to see how the future, the forever of Jesus, can change our lives in the here and in the now. And I want to share with you three ways that we can position ourselves to see Jesus' work in us, through us, and around us in the days ahead. So let's read our verse one more time. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Greek word forever literally means to the ages. Uh, it's the same phrase translated as eternity in other places in your Bible. In this one verse, the eternal, unchangeable, superior God enters into our problems, enters into our troubles, uh, the sufferings of our yesterdays and todays, just as He is in eternity, He is the same in our yesterday and today. Now ask yourself, what's the eternal Jesus doing in our temporary, finite, ordinary yesterdays and todays? We don't even want to be in most of them, right? So what's he doing? He's inviting us into that eternity, into his forever. He's inviting us to experience eternal life with him in the here and in the now. We have a hard time thinking about eternal life in the present. You know, I, I, our minds quickly jump to heaven or something that's, that's maybe after this life. We think about a time uh, when Paul says, you know, we'll be absent from our body and present with the Lord. Um, but the truth is that for those who place their trust in Jesus, eternal life can be experienced now. Uh, not at some distant time in the future, but from the first moment we say I do to Jesus as our Savior and King, and every moment after where we're saying, yes, Lord, we wake up in the morning, I'm going to follow you. Uh, we, we sit down to eat lunch, I'm going to follow you. We, sit, we lay down to go to bed, I'm going to follow you. Each time we say that, he's inviting us to join him right now in his eternity. And John's Gospel, Jesus is recorded saying this, he says, this is the way to have eternal life. You might want to listen up to that, right? To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. To know Jesus. Each yesterday was, and every today is, an opportunity to connect one-on-one, -on -one personally, in a personal relationship with the eternal 
Jesus. And he says, if you just get to know me, eternal life can be yours today. Because eternity is linked to our relationship with Jesus and not our relationship with time, you see, if, 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 we, if we view eternal life as happening only in, in the afterlife, if, if you just view it as, as a then thing, then we're going to always struggle to recognize and join in on the eternal work of Jesus that's happening all around us now. But if we recognize that through Jesus' Spirit living in us, that we have access to this eternal life now, then we become partners with Him in a way that has an eternal impact. The future matters because we can partner with Jesus today in a way that's going to last forever. So what does it look like to partner with Jesus now in his forever? How can we actually make an impact that lasts for eternity? Uh, I want to look at three places we can start to just press in this year uh, that, that are guaranteed to have an eternal impact. Really quick, here they are. Number one, press into mission. Press into mission. Jesus commands us to make disciples. How many of you knew that? The mission of our church family is to make disciples who love Jesus, love others, and serve the world. Nothing we do will ever matter as much. Nothing else will have a greater impact than helping others start a personal and eternal relationship with Jesus. This should be our heartbeat, our purpose, our motivation. It's the why. Uh, why do you gather in life groups? Why do you serve each week? Why do, we, why do we come here on Sunday mornings all the time? We want to help people follow Jesus, and the fruit of that mission is guaranteed to last forever. So number one, press into mission. Number two, press into community. A community is key to growing in our relationship with one another. Uh, spending time with other followers of Jesus, it reminds us, uh, sometimes unfortunately, how needy and weak we are, right? And it helps us grow in love, peace, patience as we deal with the neediness and weaknesses of others. Uh, these relationships, they help hold us accountable to, to daily be spirit-filled and to live out our faith in Jesus. Uh, if we focus on letting Jesus restore the relationships in our life as we press into community and let him use these relationships to grow us in our love for one another, we're going to begin to create connections in our life that have the potential to last forever. So number one, press into mission. Number two, press into community. Finally, if you want to make a lasting impact in this world, in this life, press into Jesus. Jesus is our everything. He's the main thing we talk about, the one we lift the highest, the one we point people to the most. Nothing matters more than your relationship with Him. And the, the one who is eternity whose eternal life himself, you have the opportunity each and every day to spend time with him. Right? Uh, he's the commander-in-chief of the mission. He's the one that binds us together as a community and his family. And it's only through a personal relationship with him that we'll ever accomplish anything that's going to last forever. So when we find ourselves hard-pressed, press in. We press into Jesus and partner with him to make an eternal difference in our hearts, in our marriages, in our families, in our jobs, in our churches, and in our communities. That's what the future is all about.
Yeah. That was fantastic. I apologize for referring to you as Scrooge after that. My goodness. I was penning down your points there. That was good. That was really good. I better do something. Uh, no, that, it is a great reminder, though. Eternity is now. It is. For the believer, it is now. Jesus, our alive and active, unchanging Lord, is alive and active with us right now, moving towards eternity. We're in it. So, lots of changes, always, in the church. And we're just going to talk just a few moments longer of uh, some changes. And Pastor Brant, we haven't... Um, Spoken to you yet, but Lord willing, we may have some changes coming this way that affect you this year and seeing what the Lord has in store. But why don't you just take a moment and just share kind of where we're at? Yeah, sure. They all get 20 minutes to speak, and I get three. <laughs> Two. Two. Yeah. So I'm going to start with a story. Uh, I was 16 years old, and I'm sitting in a parking lot of Walmart very normal day. My family had gone in to go grocery shopping after church, and I just didn't feel like grocery shopping, which is the story of my life. And so I was sitting there all by myself, just praying, and I was like, God, I was thinking overwhelmingly so about the, my future, and you know, do I do this, do I do this, do I do this, and I started to think about that, and people uh, started asking me questions. I'm a sophomore in high school, I don't know. And so I'm sitting there, and just like, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? And he's like, I want you to work for me. And I was like, I don't know what that means. And over the next few years, he began to reveal to me slowly uh, what it means to, to love the word and to teach the word and to preach and to lead and to um, give my life as an express, a creative, the creativity of my life as an expression of worship. And over the last 10 years, I've been able to do that in youth ministry. And the last seven and a half of those have been here, which has been a wonderful just testimony of God's grace. Um, and... Probably 2018, we started having conversations about uh, what some of those shifts would look like as the Lord began to put on my heart something um, beyond youth ministry, and and what what does that look like, and you know what does that look like to do that here and to give back to the community that has given so much to me and my family, and as we started talking through things, and I can't speak to a whole lot with the you know abundant amount of time I have, but um, <laughs> I will say this probably the. What we're going to begin to see unfold as we start looking more seriously into hiring another youth pastor after me is uh, um, something along the lines of creative and teaching pastor. And so part of that means overseeing the creative teams, the creative ministries, which is the online campus and the media teams and some of that stuff, um, the digital media and the website and, um, and so on, and social media and so on and so forth. And then uh, also being up here more often, um, preaching uh, up on the stage and sharing time up here with Pastor Jeff much more frequently. And so um, that's kind of what that's going to look like over the next, uh, at least the short span of what we can see. It's two minutes. You know one of the benefits of Brant involved in more media, Curtis? It's going to mean more blooper reels. That's what that's going to mean. Now, Pastor Jason, I'm going to jump back to you for a moment, too. And you've, you've been with us now almost 20 years on staff here. So you, you're, you're in the machine with us and the ministry. And 
What, what do you identify is, because we often say it's amazing, we just don't explode sometimes. Mm -hmm. And we've got three campuses now. We've got many of us that come from uh, different backgrounds in the Christian faith. Uh, but what, it, what do you identify as the secret sauce, if you will, to, to this ministry? Yeah, uh, the secret sauce, that's, that's the thing we don't want to change, right? We want to figure out what it is to make sure we keep it. Uh, there's a burger joint that I like that has really good fries, and they're even better if you dip them in what they call their secret sauce. And so I was actually disappointed when an employee told me what's in the secret sauce one day, because it's just three readily available ingredients all mixed together. It was a Thousand Island dressing, ranch dressing, and Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce. It's delicious, but it seemed less magical when I realized what was in it. <laughs> And I think the same is true for our church. Um, it, God's word is clear on what he wants his church to do and be and include. And, and I think we just keep mixing that in. It's available to anybody in any church. It should be doing these things. And a few things come to mind, though, is a real important ingredients in that, that secret sauce, so to speak. One, we're all following Jesus. Um, and I've been here almost 20 years. And when I came, I asked a lot of questions on the way in because I wanted to make sure I was joining in a church where God was already working. And so one conversation with about 15 people on a phone interview, I couldn't see him, but I could hear him. And, and I asked a question, there's lots of leadership models out there for churches. What's, how, how's this church work? Is it uh, staff-led? Is it pastor-led? Is it uh, board-led? Is it congregational-led? And the immediate answer from somebody in that room was, it's God-led. I'm like, well, that's cool. That's a good answer. And then the follow-up question I had was, okay, so what happens when people disagree on what God's saying? And it took a moment, but somebody from sounded like the back of the room said, well, we usually uh, seek consensus. We, we pause when we aren't sure what God's saying to all of us. And, and it come to, to a, a conclusion together that this is what God's saying as we prayerfully consider uh, what he has for us. And then we move forward. And over the years that I've been here, I find that to be true and see examples of it over and over and over because the leaders lead and the followers follow, but we're all following Jesus and it's important for us to hear from him before we move forward in a new direction, especially when we talk about changes. And we could probably mix in all the core values, but Jesus is our everything is probably the most important one in that secret sauce. Another is God's word. Uh, it truly is central to all we do and the source of everything. We take it seriously. We teach it well, I believe. We strive, sometimes imperfectly, to do what it says. And people, I think, are the biggest ingredient in that secret sauce. In addition to Jesus being everything, it's the people that make God's work work here in the community church and three campuses. It's the volunteers that do the ministry. It's the volunteers and the people that are the word of mouth advertising and giving invitations and sharing the gospel daily wherever they're going, not just on a Sunday morning. They're striving to live out what God's word says and being followers of Jesus faithfully in front of their friends and their family and their coworkers and their community. And so when we say outreach is our objective and love is our lifestyle and prayer is our power, it's our people who are doing those things as we're following Jesus together. And so I think this secret sauce is a combination of those things. God working powerfully the way that he says he wants to work in his church and the people joining with him in that work. There we go. I'm back. Thank you, Jason. No, we cannot lose sight of that. Pastor John, first full year in as campus pastor. Yeah, 
Yeah. Maybe if you could just share share a couple highlights with us. Yeah, man, um, there's there's so much that the Lord is doing uh, up in Alanson, and uh, it's funny because there there are tons of stories. Uh, we we very similar to what's happening in East Jordan. We kind of our teens were kind of just left to 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 be in the sanctuary, you know, like, and, and, and we didn't really have a place for them, and the Lord's opened that up within the past few few months uh, since last summer, and um, it's not a big place. They're steadily uh, outgrowing it, but, uh, but it's, they're making good use of it right now. Um, there's things like that that's just been happening all over. I, last time I was here preaching to you guys, I, I, I showed you how our, our CARES ministry is literally, uh, it's just maxed out in one year, and so it's like, uh, the Lord is moving in our community. It's funny, Greg Clark uh, runs that, and, and uh, I had, we had someone on Facebook uh, message us and, and say, um, hey, uh, can, I, can I speak to that uh, Thursday pastor? Because uh, that <laughs> that's when the, the meeting meets, and um, you can tell uh, you know, they're, receiving, they're receiving care in that needs program. Um, for me personally, uh, this has been a year of, of waiting um, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. I, I didn't always see this while I was while I was in it, but looking back, uh, I see how Jesus was working in uh, in my own heart and in, in myself and, and around me uh, the the months and years leading up to uh, to me becoming the campus pastor that first year. Um, how he was preparing me for a role. To be honest, that I it's not like anything I've ever uh, been in before. Um, you just don't know what to expect. I don't know if you guys have ever found that. <laughs> you just don't know what to expect. And it might shock some of you to hear, but um, there have been so many moments where, uh, where I'm having conversations or having to make decisions or, or, uh, or I, I'm writing a sermon that's, that's like literally needs to be preached tomorrow. Or, uh, you know, there's all these moments and the words, they're just not coming to me. The decisions, I, I'm like, I don't know. Or, you know, I, I, I just, it's, it's been just running to the Lord and saying, Lord, I need you to show up. And that pretty much explains my first year. It's, 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 it's Lord, please show up. Um, I've never been more aware of my weaknesses and limits as a human being than during this last year, but I've also never been more aware of Jesus' powerful and loving presence uh, in my life and in the life of those around me. Um, it really has forced me to, to, to just wait and, uh, and, and that's not just in my personal life. I'm waiting with a lot of you as well and the things that are going on in your lives. And it's been a joy to, to be there to help carry those burdens alongside you um, and for you to help me carry some of those burdens that I have. So, uh, But it's been a year of waiting. Uh, with that said, challenges aren't going to end. I'm sure we're going to experience some other difficulties this upcoming 2023 year. But I'm personally looking forward to year two and, and just uh, waiting on waiting on the Lord, so, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, John. Yeah. Pastor Jeff, coming back your way, what have you been learning these last days? Years? And I am going to, uh, I think in some places they call this the tease. Uh, if you'll come to the annual meeting, which follows this service, you'll get the answer to that question. Okay. So please, okay. stick around, and I'd love to share with, with you what I'm learning. So okay. uh, we'll leave it with that. All right. Uh, well, we're going to transition then to, to keep moving here. We are, we are running 
full speed on time right now we are something